everyone. Welcome to Aberrant Behavior. It's your host, Christabel. I haven't recorded in a little while, even though my very last episode, I said I was going to try my best to record on a weekly basis. Let me just say that between um, the pandemic injuring my foot, I don't even know if I talked about it on the podcast. I've been learning how to skate at the beginning of this year. I decided to take up roller skating. Well, I fell and I broke my ankle. So, and that was just as I was getting ready to go back to work. Many of you may know that I've been off work for the last four months. It's going on five months now where I took a self-imposed sabbatical, if you will, to recover from burnout from nursing. So... I was finally at a place where I was just like, girl, I'm ready to make money again. I'm ready to take care of patients. I'm ready to get out of the house because my partner, who is also a nurse, is um, gone for work many days out of the week. And I was just becoming to be like really bored and I wanted some structure back into my life. So I was like, let's go back to work. That was the I, you know, I always felt that I would know when it was time to go back to work. And at the beginning, at the end of uh, January, it was definitely, I was definitely feeling the pull back. Um, But um, literally two days before I was due to start work, I fell in the hallway while I was practicing um, roller skating and I broke my ankle. Uh, initially I thought it was a sprain. I was going to, so I sat home with it actually that night, but the next morning I was like, let me just go to the ER to check it out. Because while I may be a nurse, I don't work in the ER. So I don't come across a lot of sprains or and breaks and things like that. So I wasn't sure what I was looking at and I was not about to like play a guessing game. And so that next morning I went to the ER and turns out that I really did indeed fracture um, my ankle. Um, It's been a week since that happened. And so far I don't have to have surgery, but I go back to the orthopedic surgeon um, next week to see if that's still the case. So in the meantime, I'm hobbling wearing my boots, doing my little um, wheel, like, uh, what is it, knee roller, I don't know what you call it, knee bicycle thing, and just trying to make the best of it. So suffice it to say, I've had quite a bit going on and just a general lack of motivation when it comes to recording, which actually I accept. It makes me sad sometimes, but I accept that that's just what it is, you know, because I want to be more consistent. I want to, because not because I have to, but because I really love having these conversations. I really love recording. I really love talking about things, about just like so many things that I'm going through or I've gone through um, and how I've overcome those things or how I'm navigating those things or how I'm living with accepting the things that I cannot change, (laughs) as it were. And I like sharing that because oftentimes in my life, I have felt very alone. I felt very alone and lonely as a child. And 
um, I spent a lot of time alone as a result and read a lot of books. My head was always in a book or is it your nose in a book? I don't know sayings, just FYI, a little tidbit about me. I will always butcher a saying, but I always was reading. Um, so I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. In fact, one might say that I didn't have any <laughs> because I grew up in church. I grew up a Jehovah's Witness. So I had friends in my congregation, people I associated, kids I associated with because they were not worldly kids. They were in the truth, as it were, which is what Jehovah's Witnesses call, you know, being a Jehovah's Witness, being in the truth. So these these kids were like quote unquote, my friends, sure. But there wasn't any real intimacy there, mostly because like, <laughs> you don't know who is going to tell on you. It's a moral obligation each Jehovah's Witness has to tell the elders if they know you are doing something that is sinful. The goal is to get the elders to intercede on your behalf and help you reconcile with God again. So let's say I'm thinking of making out with boys or girls or whatever. <laughs> As a kid, I could definitely never tell my friends about it because I will probably end up in the elder room where we will have a conversation about it. So I wasn't allowed to make friends who were not in the truth I wasn't allowed to associate with worldly friends beyond like school um, and the friends I had in the congregation. It was just like a surface level friendship. So I grew up feeling really alone, really doubtful of myself, um, really, really um, shaky, often low self-esteem and as a grown up, as I'm beginning to navigate out of it, I don't know, someone may look at my Instagram page and say, oh my gosh, her life looks so X, Y, Z. I don't know how someone would see it, but um, they might think that, you know, I have it all figured out or I have loads of friends and I go on girls vacation trips and, you know, I have this posse who are my people or whatever, or that I'm super confident and I write well and I speak authoritatively. And I just want to demystify that. I certainly have come to understand and believe in my, like, what I have in my qualities. So I'm not ashamed to say I I'm a good writer. I'm not ashamed to say I'm a good friend. I'm not ashamed to say, you know, I live in a nice home or none of that. So those things are true or that I'm worthy or I feel really confident. So th those things are true, but they weren't always true and they aren't true all the time, you know? So recording this podcast, having this outlet serves as a way to just like say, hey, if you're someone who have had these thoughts of like loneliness or self-worth doubt, you're not alone. 
Don't let what you may see on my page or on other pages make you feel that you're alone in this. You're not alone. And that is a mission, a purpose <laughs> um, that I've been called to because that's what that's the that's the kind of stuff hearing the stories of other people, that's the kind of stuff that helped build me up, that helped me grow. And, you know, grow in belief of myself, hearing the stories of Maya Angelou specifically, reading her words over and over again, made me realize that, hey, like we're all just flawed humans trying to make it out of this. We're just trying to we're just trying to live this life to the best of our ability And it's okay to have doubts. It's okay not to know. And it fills me with joy to know that I could be that person for even if even just one other person. If I can be that for just one other person, I'm happy. So to not record oftentimes just uh, makes me sad because there's so much to talk about. So much I have going on in my head all the time. And... I'm I'm undiagnosed with something. I'm neurodivergent in some way. I still don't want to label it because I don't fully know. I just know that my brain works differently from how other people around me, um, their brain seems to work. Uh, So I'm constantly thinking. I have a lot of thoughts about things. I'm constantly analyzing. (laughs) I'm constantly just like having my partner is so tired of me. I'm sure because like she is the complete opposite of me. She just doesn't like to talk a lot, but I'm always like, so what do you think? Okay. So that is segue, a segue into this week's newest thought. So let me set the scene. The thought started because I decided to start a Patreon. So yay, announcement time. FYI, I started a Patreon and I'm going to link it um, so that you can subscribe if you feel inclined to. So um, when I was starting the Patreon, it was like we were having a lot of discussions about my partner and I, how to price it, you know? what what's what's accessible uh where should we start how high should we go having conversations around capitalism what does it make me feel to feel like um i need to be making a certain amount of money first from my you know from writing or speaking or whatever before i can leave nursing doesn't mean that I'm too attached to money. So these are conversations I'm having, right? Not sure like what the thoughts I'm having are saying about me. So let me give you like a broader like view of it. As a nurse, as a travel nurse specifically, I make um, a really good income. Income that is like sufficient for me. I work only three days a week. On that income, I'm able to take care of my needs, my want, my family's needs, my family wants, my family's wants, and extended other extended um, 
people. I'm able to contribute regularly to mutual aids that I support. I'm able to, you know, I don't know, monetarily be there for friends when, when, when the need arises. So working three days a week, I generally will make on average $1,000 a shift, a 12 hour shift. My income is generally $1,000. I mean, it depends on what you're looking at. It could seem like a lot to someone. It could seem like not a lot to someone, but for me, it's, enough. It's always been enough um, for just like my needs and, you know, the people I mentioned before. Um, So yeah, working three days a week, I'm able to make $3,000 a week. If I work more days a week, which there's always an opportunity to do that, I can make up to $8,000 a week. Um, In some instances with COVID, it's been up to $10,000 a week. So that is a lot of money. Let me let me say though that that ten thousand dollars a week is um, working six days a week. So it is a lot of work. So the more you work, the more money you make. So, and you know, I've been talking. If you follow me on IG, you would see where I've been talking about how more and more. Nursing, while I love nursing, while I love taking care of patients, nursing as a profession doesn't love me back, doesn't take my my free expression, my tattoos, my piercings, my hair color even, takes it very personal, takes it like as though I am unprofessional. Um, My voice, I feel my voice is stifled. I follow orders mainly. Mostly, I mean, that's what nursing is. So it's not even about following orders. It's about the fact that I have so much bubbling up in me all the time that I want to talk about. I need a creative outlet. Um, So nursing has begun to feel very stifling to me. So, So I'm having conversations for the first time about what would it look like to not be a nurse anymore? What would it look like to make a living doing the things I love to do? What would it look like to make a living writing and speaking and podcasting, you know? And <laughs> and man, it's kind of difficult that like the emotions that 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 conversation brought up for me. Because when I was pricing Patreon, I started from $10 a month um, to $150 a month as, in, as, you know, for people to contribute to as they are able to, as they are, as they can afford to. That's why I tiered it that way. Um, but even then, I still feel like it's not accessible to some people, Right. I could go down to $5 and that may be um that may be a worthy choice but just thinking of I just I'm looking at it and I'm like I could never make enough to live off of <laughs> you know and I could never make enough to live off of and then you okay so you I think that then immediately following that thought is are you doing it for the money or is it just something you love? And the answer to that is 
It's something I love, but I want to be able to make a living off of it. I want to be able to pay my rent. I want to be able to go on vacation. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to go visit my family. I want to be able to fly my mom to Brazil multiple times a year for medical care, medical care that she can't have access to in Ghana. So I want to do what I love, but I want to make money doing it. And these are just like immediate needs that my, me and my family has. And I think of my bigger goals, my bigger desires to build a mental health clinic in Ghana one day. I need money for that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So when I think of should I prize um, patron $5, I mean, I definitely could. But then I was like, hmm. Well, if you can't, if someone truly cannot afford $10 a month um, to contribute to me writing and stuff like that, I am hesitant to have them spend $5 a month on me where like they don't have to. I, the podcast is free is always, you know, it's free. And I think it's always going to be free. I don't know the future, but the podcast is free. Um, my Instagram is free. My blog is free. So, and I have a Venmo cash app situation set up that if someone wanted to, you know, give me $5, they could always do it that route without committing to $5 a month. Um, that they may not be able to afford. So, And also, I just want to tear it starting from $10. So I I don't know. (laughs) As I said, like, it's me, like, dumping my thought processes. And in case, I don't know if you're a business owner or someone who has attempted to go from, um, you know, a lucrative career to working for yourself, if you've had these conversations. I don't see these conversations being had. Maybe I'm not in the right um, circle or maybe people are having them privately, but I just kind of wanted to have it out loud. What does it look like to be able to support yourself doing what you love? And I now see why many people will stay at that job that they don't necessarily love because it, it pays them enough to live life the way they have determined they want to live life. And so they stay at that job and their quote unquote talents is wasted at that job, even though they could be serving the world doing this, um, you know, writing or doing the thing that they're, they're, they're most good at. I don't, and I know that there are some people who are like, well, you know, it's an, an artist, an artist struggles, an artist, you know, that's where the whole concept of um, starving artist comes from. But honestly, frankly, if I'm just being frank, 100%, not trying to put up, you know, appearances, I don't want to be a starving artist. I haven't starved in many, many, many years. And I don't want to start now. I just don't. And I don't know if it's because I grew up in literal poverty. 
not the poverty, not that, not that poverty is not like, if you feel you're poor, that's, that's valid. But I'm saying I grew up with no water, no electricity, meals, um, two times a day. I had to sell water on my head to, for, from, to help my mom pay for my brother's school fees that is how I grew up. And I was certainly by no means the worst of them. Other neighbors around me had it even worse. A lot of people could not even send their children to school. I went to school. My brother went to school. But it was because like I was on my holidays, I'll help my mom in her business. Um, she hustled really, really hard. She her whole life was working to take care of us, to make sure we got an education, even if we didn't have running water, even if we lived in a one bedroom, all three of us, and it was like uncompleted. That's how I grew up. So I know what it feels like to like quite literally not have anything and to starve, to be hungry, but know that you have to wait to eat. Because there was just like no food in the fridge waiting for you. You had to wait for your, for, I had to wait for my mom to come home and cook dinner. Even if I, I would end up being hungry, you know, most of the day after breakfast. That's just what it was, right? So at this point in my life, almost 36, I don't want to starve, um, so when someone comes to me and asks me, like, what is your hourly rate? What do you charge? I want to interview you and I want to pay you for the interview. What do you charge? I'm going to go based off of what I get paid now, right? If the greedy in medical complex deems to pay me a hundred bucks an hour, for instance, right, I'm certainly not going to um, charge less than that when someone asks me, what do you charge? It's going to be $100 or more. Um, because it's, and, and again, it's not even about what are you worth. It's about what do you determine for yourself that you need to live the life you want to. And I feel like we each have a right to make that determination. Hey, maybe like no one is even, you know, cares to have these conversations. Maybe it's just me overthinking um, things and people intuitively know what to do. I don't know what to do intuitively. So I have these conversations, but usually... I have them in the privacy of my home um, with my partner. She gets to see like the doubts and the and the um, just like the fears I have. Will I make enough? Am I am I thinking about money too soon? I just started getting seriously um, getting serious about this. Should I just do the work? And I will tell you that we reached a conclusion. I reached a conclusion that. My only job is to face the work. I just need to do the work. And for me, that means I need to record podcasts. I need to write 
you know, if I if I want to publish a book, I need to get into the habit of writing on a daily basis. I need to produce content that I love, but not in a grind mentality. No, more like just like absorb absorb yourself into these things that you love. Get good at it. Keep getting good at it. Um, your voice matters. Use your voice when you can. And most of the rest will work itself out. And so like, that's what I'm doing. So I am, I'm doing the stuff, you know, I'm, I'm setting up the Patreon. I'm back recording. And yesterday I had, I had my first ever speaking gig and it was, it was unpaid, (laughs) but it was phenomenal to actually get to use my voice in that way. I spoke to um, a group of college students on the importance of mental health care in the black community. It was, it's just like something I'm super passionate about. I was nervous about it because I've actually never had to speak in a professional capacity. Um, but it flowed. I was just in the groove. I was like, I was just going And everyone told me later that um, they found it really beneficial and that they were activated to take action, you know, and that's like, that was wonderful. And so, yeah, that's basically what I'm going to be doing, doing the work, but also remembering that just because I want to be paid for my work, especially as a black woman who gets paid cents on the dollar compared to the white man or the white woman, just because I want to be paid for my work does not mean that I am a capitalistic pig (laughs) or whatever names I can come up for myself in my head in those moments. That's not what it means at all. It means that I just want what I want And I'm going to do what I need to do to get it. And um, so I'm excited for the future. I'm always excited for the future, though. I'm a pretty um, optimistic person when I'm not being (laughs) pessimistic. (laughs) Um, So I'm excited for what the future holds. And I have so much in me that I haven't fully, like, put out there because you know when i when i'm working full time as a nurse it's very emotionally um it's a very emotionally challenging job so while i put a decent amount of my heart in my writing and my podcast i don't go full force but having this patreon page knowing that people are spending money um really does motivate me to like put in the work. And that's just the truth. Knowing that someone is paying me for my work makes me put in my best effort. You know, I guess in the in the ideal utopian world, I would still put in just as much effort, um, even if I'm not being paid for it. But that's not who I am. I'm not. <laughs> I am who I am. And, and you know, that's just it. I, that's not that's not who I am 
Yeah, let me just say that. And I can't make an apology for it because it just is what it is. Um, So, yeah, being paid for my work makes me work harder. And it's it's glorious when it's already something I love to do. Then it's it's perfect. And it's an equitable exchange of energy. Um, So stay tuned. I'm going to go ahead and publish this and I will endeavor to talk to you again soon. Um, In the meantime, be well, um, take care of yourself and know that you are fabulous.